Hey, to all the real estate professionals out there, I want to let you know The Buyer's Mind is sponsored by Homebridge Financial. Homebridge loan officers are experts in new home financing, and they bring sales ideas and strategies and market intelligence and programs that will help sell homes. To learn more about that, go to builder.homebridge.com. Homebridge Financial, home financing made easy. So how good can women really be in the world of sales? I think the answer is really, really good. Well, let's get into it on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Welcome, everyone, once again to another episode of The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore. This is the podcast where we try and figure out how we can be the best that we can be in order to serve our customers really, really well. And of course, our customers are very, very diverse. So are we well positioned to deal with that diverse group? And today we're going to talk about about one particular portion of the population. And statistically, that takes up about 50% of the population. We're going to talk about women and particularly women in sales. And I'm joined, as always, by the show producer, Paul Murphy. Murph, uh, you know, when you think about it as a consumer, we're not going to say that there's a wrong answer to this, okay? Um, but do you have a preference for whether your salesperson is male or female? You know, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. Um, no, I, not particularly. I, I guess I'm looking for somebody who's asking me the right questions and pointing me in the yeah, right direction. I, and I set it up to say there's not going to be a wrong answer, but there would have been a wrong answer. And it would have been, <laughs> yes, I prefer men or yes, I prefer women. I think the right answer is, no, it, it doesn't really matter. And so if it doesn't really matter, then it begs the question, why is the sales industry heavily uh, weighted uh, towards men, or there's so many more uh, male salespeople than female salespeople. Now, of course, this is gonna uh, it's gonna be very different by industry. If you look at a, you know, if you if you look at uh, Mary Kay Cosmetics, I'm pretty sure is heavily dominated by by women. Uh, but uh, in in many industries uh, that would otherwise not specifically be tailored to a male buyer or a female buyer, uh, there is a disparity out there. Again, it alters in by, by industry. But as we look at it uh, today, we're going to just try and get a sense of what is the role of women in sales and uh, why are they underrepresented and what do we do about that? Now, you don't need to hear me just opine on that uh, position. It's something that I like to see uh, certainly change, but uh, I'm not the expert. Uh, we should bring someone on who really is. And so today we're going to talk to Cynthia Barnes. She is the CEO and founder of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. Fantastic conversation. Let's hear it now. Well, this is a great opportunity here to be able to get into a very, very important niche. And especially since so many people that listen to this podcast um, are in business to consumer sales. Now, if you're in business to business sales, this is still going to apply to you. But in business to consumer sales, uh, you know what we find here is that so often you will see that uh, a woman has so much power in the decision that gets made, 
And yet oftentimes what we see is the person she's talking to is a man. And that doesn't mean that it's a bad situation, but is it the best situation? We're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about how gender plays into the sales process. And to do that, we've invited Cynthia Barnes. She's the CEO and founder of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. She is a sales professional herself, experience in pharmaceutical sales, educational sales, uh, multi-level marketing tech. Uh, she has a master's degree from the University of Michigan. She's uh, joining us today from the Detroit area. Cynthia Barnes, welcome to The Buyer's Mind. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Give us, go, go way back, Cynthia. How, what was your first sales job? How, how did, what, what caused you to sort of catch the sales bug? I used to work for the University of Phoenix, and as a student, they approached me and said, hey, we'll give you a free degree if you work for us. And I mm. thought, well, that sounds interesting. Uh, what do sure. I have to do? And they said, yeah. well, the position is an enrollment counselor. You enroll students, working adults, into our educational degree programs. And anytime you mix for-profit education with uh, quotas, it's automatically a sales role. So that was my first sales role unbeknownst to me. And I fell in I love. Say, and did, did they call it a sales role? Did they say you're going to be in sales or did you just look in and go, oh, come on, this is a sales job? I didn't know what a sales job was until I went yeah, for my three month annual review or my three month yeah. review. And they said, right. you've done so well, we are tripling your pay. And I said, well, what's that based on? They said the number of students you enrolled. And so one plus two equals three. And that's, yeah, right. that's how I figured yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at some point you just figured out, oh yeah, I can do this thing, right? I mean, you you yeah. just, you 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 got bit. You, you had the bug at that point. Yes, I, I thought anytime that I can get paid based upon my activities and accomplishments, that sounds like a career for me. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's a really good point when it comes to sales. There is a meritocracy to the sales field. Your your ability, your talent, your drive, uh, your desire to serve people and to help them accomplish their goals. Uh, when you do all those things very, very well, there's a specific measurement of your success. And I don't just mean compensation, although that's a big part of it. Uh, there, There is a scorecard that happens every single day for us. We get the sale or, or we don't get the sale. Uh, and right. then at some point you said, okay, listen, women are underrepresented here in the sales side of things. I'm going to do something about it. Can you take us the journey? Because you're not just the CEO, you're the founder of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. So take us to that part of the journey, if you would, please. Fast forward to 2016, I was working yeah. in logistics and I had worked in a number of verticals, which you mentioned in the intro. And I thought about my legacy and I said, you know, Cynthia, the true test of whether or not you are successful in life isn't based upon how many times you get to the top 1%. It's going to be, and I wanted it to be based upon how many other women I helped get to the top 1%. So I sat down and I said, in a world where traditional sales approaches were created by men for men at a time when men made up the entire sales force, and again, there's nothing wrong with those. After all, that's how I got to the top 1%. My question, my hypothesis was, how much faster could women reach the top 1% if we had sales approaches that took into account the unique challenges that we face while mm -hmm. amplifying the innate strengths that we have? So that's why I started NAWSP. I love it. It is such a, a great opportunity to look at it. And one of the things that I find interesting here is that uh, it seems like there's a this uh, there is a discussion in society about um, 
uh, you know, are men and women really all that different? And I would vote yes, they really are all that different. And yet there's there's a, there's almost a sociological uh, trend to say no, 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 they're they're not that different. So how do you approach that? Because on the one hand, you know, we don't want to look at either gender as being deficient; they're just different. But how do you how do you separate that out? Right. First of all, different is not bad. Yeah, not bad at, at all. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people through their lens view different as bad. And that's the last thing that we we want to focus on. If a subset of the population has a a group of innate strengths, why shouldn't we amplify them so that they can do their jobs in a more efficient and effective way? And that's that's the premise behind NAWSP is different is not bad. And let's take the strengths that you already have, that you were born with, those inherent strengths, and let's amplify them to make you a better sales professional. You know, it's interesting. Uh, my sales background was in residential real estate. And when I look at that, you, statistically, uh, women hold a much higher sway uh, a much more powerful sway in the decision than gets that gets made for whatever host of sociological reasons women have more of a say in the housing decision than men do and i think it's because in general women are are, are more passionate about that and just follow the passion that's what's going to happen it's not necessarily tied to gender it's tied to the level of passion that you have uh, but what I find interesting is the, again you look at an uh, an industry like uh, real estate you know and it seems to me that if the if women are uh, are carrying that greater weight, and many people believe that women are generally better listeners and more nurturing, two skills that are really useful in sales. Do you agree with that assertion? And uh, first of all, and have you seen that play out in the in the sales arena? I have. I do agree, and yes, I have seen it play out. When women sell, they use a huge degree of empathy. They're natural relationship builders and they ask pointed questions to figure out what it is that their buyer needs and wants. Sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're different, but that curiosity, women have a natural curiosity and we want to figure out, well, why not just the what? Which is so critical. I mean, if you don't know that, you're going to have an uphill battle the entire time. You know, we see that there are occupations where traditions tend to rule, right? Traditionally, if you're a nurse, you're you're female. If you're a computer tech, you're you're a male. Uh, mm-hmm. When we think of salespeople from 50 years ago, we we get this image in our head of a you know of a businessman in a suit, you know, riding the rails with a case of samples, or the door-to-door salesperson walking the route, and, and those are all mm-hmm. pictured as male jobs. And saying it right or wrong, it's just sort of the picture that we get in our mind. So uh, when we look at sales, the sales industry as a whole being male heavy, are we just looking at the lingering effects of tradition at at that point? We are. And we're also looking at intention, whether Mm -hmm. it's intention to change the face of sales or the intention of keeping it the same, maintaining the status quo. So those companies that I consult with are laser focused and they have the intention of making sure that the sales profession in their company represents the customer base that they have and also the nation as a whole. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because from my perspective, again, my core industry having been real estate, we actually saw a lot of women. We we were not the disparity in real estate, I think is, I don't know the numbers, uh, Cynthia, but the disparity I don't think is as great in, in real estate as it is in, in other industries. And women were very, very successful and effective because those innate tendencies were the very things that would make you uh, um, good at sales in the first place. Uh, yes. As a sales practitioner, do you adjust your selling approach when you're selling to women versus when you're selling to men? I do not. I do not. I base it, my selling approaches on the individual. Mm-hmm. Regard, not gender specific, but I'm asking questions to get to know that individual. The selling style that I have amplifies my innate strengths and that makes me a better questioner. For example, mm-hmm. I was, I, I'm in the process of buying a home and my um, realtor is a woman and she asked me a question and it stopped me short. And I thought, this is exactly what I'm talking about. She said, when you walk into your bathroom, what do you want to feel? And I thought, that's a very intuitive question that a woman would ask, what do you want to feel when you walk into mm-hmm. your bathroom? And I, and I mm-hmm. began to elaborate on what I wanted to feel, but it's that type of questioning that women are really good at. Yeah. Uh, and, but it is interesting though, that question, there is a threat of gender bias right there, right? Because we could, it, it, taking your example, if you're a realtor, I could look at the man and say, well, I know you're all about the garage, so let's go take a look at the garage. And listen, if you're talking to Jeff Shore and trying to sell Jeff Shore a home, frankly, I don't give a crap about what goes on in my garage. It's where (laughs) I put my cars and a bunch of stuff. But interestingly enough, I'm very interested in what happens in the kitchen. And even that, not because I love to cook, I don't. My, my, My wife is a much better cook than I am, but it's the statement piece of the home. And so uh, are are you concerned at all, and not just in real estate, but in all industries, whether there is the tendency to gender bias to look at it and say, well, she's a woman, so she probably cares about this, and he's a man, so he probably cares about that. The women sales professionals that I deal with wouldn't make that error. Mm -hmm. They would ask questions of the man to say, and they would probably make something light and pithy and say, well, you know, women typically go here. Mm -hmm. You, sir, Jeff, what are you most concerned about with the house? And let Mm -hmm. Jeff lead me where I wanted to go. The selling techniques that make women great sellers can also be used by men. So if a man were to say to me, Cynthia, how do you want to feel when you walk into your kitchen? I would think nothing of it. I would think that is an excellent thought provoking question. You know, it was years ago, I interviewed a guy named Alex Taba who sold Ferraris. He was the number one salesperson for Ferrari in the United States at the time. And uh, dominantly men are going to buy Ferraris. And he, he had this woman he was talking to. And at first he was having a hard time taking her seriously, not because she was a woman, but because so few women buy Ferraris, just statistically. Uh, mm-hmm. But as it turns out, uh, she, you know, he, he didn't need to talk about what was under the hood or, or the racing legend or history or style or design. This was just like, she was extremely rich and, you know, she had a $5,000 handbag and a $250,000 Ferrari. That was her deal. And, and so that for her, that was it. But then he was selling to another woman and he was like, so how about the styling? Can you picture pulling up to a red light and getting people to look at you? And she's like, 
dude, can we talk about engine specs? So this is the problem here, right? When we let our own gender biases get into play, we, we yes. in, in a sense, lead the witness in a way that could be quite offensive if we're not careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've got to be careful about, like you said, leading the witness. We need to ask those open-ended questions so that we don't assume that the kitchen is the most important room or the man cave is the most important room. It's essential. You know, one of the other things that I see here is that I, I was blessed to be mentored by an incredible woman who rose to the very top of, of this very large uh, or Fortune 500 organization. And along the way, it was interesting because this was, again, this is in the construction uh, world here. And I saw firsthand how she was treated and sometimes disrespected, especially by what we would typically call the old guard. So there was, uh, I'll never forget one guy um, who would only, wouldn't even call her by name, would only refer to her as that girl. And uh, Mm -hmm. her approach was to look at it and, 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 and granted, this was, I'm thinking back 30 years ago, I don't think he could have gotten away with it. I hope he couldn't get away with that today. Who knows? But her approach, she could have done any number of things. And her approach, and I'm just curious what your thought is this on this, was to be so good that she couldn't be ignored. It was just to be better. What advice do you offer to women who are really struggling in male-dominant industries, especially when it comes to rising up inside the organization? Because let's face it, you look at the board of directors of big public companies, and it is it is brutally male dominated. Yes. Yes. There's an old expression um, and you alluded to it, be so good that they can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. And that for women in male dominated industries, you have to have that confidence that says to them, she's worth listening to. The only way you can get that confidence is by having unparalleled competence, know your product, your service, inside, outside, upside down. You also have to know your prospect, what their values, goals, objections to the sale, all of those good things. You have to know the psychographics and demographics of your target ideal buyer before you can create the messaging that gets them to stop the scroll. It's so critical. Now, Cynthia, you're in an interesting position because you're a woman, which gets underrepresented in sales. You're also an African-American woman, which gets underrepresented in sales. What has been the bigger struggle? Has it been trying to find your footing as a woman or trying to find your footing as an African-American woman? Hmm, that's That's an interesting question. I would say neither one has been a hindrance. Really? I was not expecting that answer. Neither one has been a hindrance because I choose not to let them be. Okay. And I even had somebody tell me in the beginning of NAWSP, they said, I heard that you pitched my company a couple of months back. And I said, yes, I did. And she said, how did it go? And I said, it was great. Um, She said, did you land it? And I said, "Um, not yet. And she said, do you want some advice? And I said, of course. So she told me, that in representing NAWSP, I needed to have someone who didn't look like me present my company to her company. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean by that? I was uh, totally ignorant. I said, are you thinking male? And she said, no, but I would suggest that you have a white woman represent NAWSP to these big companies. And I said, why is that? And she said, because they're used to doing business with women or people that don't look like you. And 
at first I thought, okay, so what is in the best interest of my organization? Mm-hmm. And then I went back to my LinkedIn because I was checking messages and there were three messages from African-American women. And I'm paraphrasing here, but they said, thank you so much for doing what you do and for leading NAWSP because mm-hmm. I see someone that looks like me, I get the courage and the motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. So even though in 2000, was it was 19, I've got someone telling me that I'm either the wrong race or the wrong gender to represent mm-hmm. what I built, I still have to go back to my why. And I also will not let one person's opinion, because you never want to draw data points through just one point, right? You never want to make right. a decision through one data point. But that's the the systemic racism that I still am experiencing to this day. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. choose not to let it be a factor. Right. Because you, you, you could find it take you out of who you are. I would suspect after a while and, and then you're going to lose your, your optimistic edge. And that actually begs the next question at the time that we're recording this, um, you know, we're going through a tough time in the country, not just because of a global pandemic, but because of what's going on with, with discussions around race. Are you optimistic about the future of race relations in the United States? I am. I'm very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Number one, because I'm an optimistic person. Yeah. I don't believe in glass half full, half empty. I have the picture so I can refill the glass at any time I want to. Those people are people around me, my tribe. And because I surround myself with optimistic people, I am hopeful that the world will become a better place. And part of it may be Pollyanna, may be rose-colored glasses, but I think that there are more people that want to be the change that they want to see than Mm -hmm. the opposite. And that that is my hope. What advice do you have for somebody who is sort of struggling to find their way and they're looking at a sales position? I think a lot of people, you know, they go to college and they think, uh, uh, you know what, uh, yeah, being a professional salesperson is probably not what I'm looking for. You know, they they think that uh, whatever it is, their their English lit degree or or, or what have you is going to be their, their career path only to find, you know, most people do not follow the career path that's associated with their, their college education or or even their right. emphasis on high school for that matter. So it's not like people set out to look at it and say, I want to be in sales. And yet you and I have both seen over the decades that the opportunities that the world of sales gives to us is just incredible. Uh, uh, my life has yeah. been blessed so much far beyond uh, my, my education uh, because I chose to be in the industry called sales. So now let's go back to somebody. Let's go back to a young woman who is just trying to find her way, right? She's looked at and she said, I've got the, maybe I've got this degree. Maybe I don't, but there is this opportunity in sales. Um, Maybe I'll give that a shot because frankly, I'm not sure what else to do, but she's just getting started in sales. What advice do you have for that person, that young woman who's just getting started in the sales arena? First thing would be find a tribe of women sales professionals that think like you, that experience the same challenges and can uplift and support you in your journey. 
because mm-hmm. if she's just starting out in sales, chances are highly likely that she will be one of a very few number of women on her team. So find your tribe, get connected, get plugged in. Second thing, get a mentor. Being a mentor is important. So you've got to get one so that you can be one. You can't rise up unless you're reaching back. And the third thing I would recommend would be to find a company that celebrates you, not just tolerates you. There are too many companies out there laser focused on attracting, hiring, developing, and retaining women in sales for you to settle for a company that still has that typical bro culture with ESPN on every single TV in the lobby and beer drop Fridays. Mm -hmm. Those would be my recommendations. I love it. Really, really powerful. Uh, Cynthia Barnes, uh, how do people find you? How do the people reach out to you, Cynthia? And especially, how do they learn more about the National Association of Women Sales Professionals? You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, that's my platform. NAWSP.org is where we have all of our membership offerings, including 30 hours of live masterclasses and the, the NAWSP tribe. So if you're looking to connect with women, have elevated conversations around things that matter most to women in sales, become a member, join us. Love it. Love it. Cynthia Barnes, delightful. I, I, I love your energy. I love your attitude. And I love everything that you're standing for. Uh, uh, the world needs more people like you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. All right. Well, there you go, Murph. Uh, just uh, I, I, I liked her. She, she, I, you know what I loved is that you know, she's I get the sense that she recognizes the uphill battle that she's facing, but what an optimist. I love the positivity right there. Well, you know, and that's one of the things we've talked about in the past is salespeople have to, you know, eat and breathe that diet of positivity. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you you kind of beat yourself up and try to figure things out. But I, I loved her attitude as well. I thought uh, the idea of just being an optimist that she was, was uh, very inspiring. Well, the other inspiring thing is just to look at it and say she wasn't content just to sit around and say women should be better represented in the sales world. She founded the organization, now 15,000 members strong in the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. And I just, I, I'm, I, I always favor sales professionals who take action according to what it is that they believe in. Uh, but it was really interesting just to hear her take on, uh, even as I asked her, do you approach uh, differently if you're selling to a woman versus if you're selling to a man? And, and uh, her take on that was... Uh, no, I don't approach it at all. And now she, I thought she made some really, really good points about looking at saying, I'm going to look at the individuals, but I have to admit, I was a little thrown back. I was thinking she was going to say, yes, I do a, a, adjust my approach if it's to a woman or to a man. Did What, what were you thinking when I asked the question? Because you didn't know I was going to ask that question. Murph, what were you thinking when I asked that question? How did you think she was going to answer? Um, well, I, I hope she would answer the way she did, only because the philosophy that you have in particular is that you need to get to know your customer and you have to ask mm-hmm. the right questions to get the right answers. And if you're just asking stupid questions like what brought you out today, you're, you're going to get a stupid mm-hmm. answer. So uh, I thought it was yeah. brilliant that she's in that same uh, you know frame of mind that you are. Ask the right questions. Well, the reality is in the world that we live, um, you know, men and women are different. It's undeniable. Now, how different they are is up for debate, but they are different. And so I do think that we have to be sensitive to that. 
but also recognizing that so many of the gender biases that we carry in our own mind can really trip us up if we're not careful. And I want to look at it from that perspective. I want to encourage you, the listener, as you're as you're thinking about this right now, you know, what are some of those biases that you might carry forward? Right. What are some of those things? We we talked about the idea in real estate. Oh, you're the man. Therefore, the garage matters to you. Or we talked about Alex Tabas selling Ferraris. Uh, You know what? What are those gender biases? How do you look and you say, oh, she's a woman. And so dot, dot, dot. I would challenge that. He's a man. And so dot, dot, dot. I would challenge that. And I think to Cynthia's point, each person is individual and we have to see them individually. And then finally, uh, it was really, really appreciated Cynthia's willingness to be able to talk about race and the underrepresentation of African-Americans and most minorities in the sales world, but the African-American community uh, in particular. This is uh, something that uh, um, needs to be addressed. And so I just want to speak to the sales leaders out there and recognize that uh, this is an opportunity that we have to mentor somebody into a really, really phenomenal phenomenal life. But as Cynthia said, it's not just a matter of hiring someone, uh, a person of color, but it's a matter of creating an environment where they can be nurtured, where they can be grown, where they can be challenged, where they can really become the best version of themselves. So sales leaders, this is the time. This is, if you're looking at everything that's going on in the United States right now and saying, what can I do? Well, here's something that you can do. Pour yourself into the lives of an underrepresented minority. All right, there you go. I love so much the opportunity just to get into all aspects of sales here on The Buyer's Mind. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go out there and change someone's world. 